welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm, uh, Sh- I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Scary Jamie Hill. Oh my goodness. Or as your Twitter handle says, Jamie Hell. Oh, that's so dun, scary dun, too. Dun. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to figure out a good Halloween Twitter name for Shannon Curtis. Shannon Cut? Yes, with a knife? I, uh, oh, maybe? I don't know. I need suggestions. Listeners, if you have a good one, email me. Shannon at MisfitStars.com. Good thinking. Yeah. Anyway, hi. Hi, everyone. Hey, uh, hi, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists, and this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with you about what's mattering to us this week. We are so glad that you're here. Oh, my gosh. It's like the official first episode of season... Five? Five? Is this really our fifth season? Yeah. Wow. That's That's wild. Amazing. Yeah. We're back. We told you we were going to be gone and that we would return, and we did both of those things. We went away and we returned as ghosts. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) The only bummer about being, well, one of the big bummers, there are many bummers, I guess, about us not having had podcast episodes in October until now is that you're only going to have like a week, two weeks to do your scary Halloween sounds. I'm just going to have to try to use as many of them as possible. (laughs) So good. So So good. Good. Well, we're so happy to be back. And uh, how about we start off with some announcements, announcements, announcements. I've got a big announcement. What's your announcement? We have a brand new Shannon Curtis album, and it's coming soon. What? Yes, the release day for it is December 2nd. It's called? It's called Good To Me. Uh, And it's a journey... It's a journey that you're taking people on, on finding, rediscovering mm. personal peace and power in hard times. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great journey, people. The 10th song, the last song on the album is a big radio hit in coastal Oregon. Right. We haven't even been able to talk about that on the podcast because we've been not, we've been, we were on break when this song got put on the radio and it's been like, how many weeks has it been? It's been, it's been in the top five on this, like the top five listener voting. So like people being like, I love this song for 13 straight weeks, including in and out of the number one spot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been on the radio since late July and it's the end of October. That's amazing. It's freaking wild. And it's showing no signs of stopping. It's in what's called a power rotation right now. That's when a song gets played on the radio so much. You're like, could you not play this quite as much? Like your song is one of those. That's it so got great. played twice in under three hours last night. It was ridiculous. It got played happen? at like eleven oh five and like a little before two. It's like what is going on Crazy. over there? People are loving good to me. And so we have the new album. It's coming out December two. There's a companion book that we just finished. Shannon wrote it. I edited it. We laid it out. It's beautiful. It's going to be in paper and for the first time hardback. What? It is like a a companion book for the album. So if you want to, you can go on your own parallel journey of self-discovery. And also the book, a lot of the book is a window into what my own journey through this was. Like I sort of opened the pages of my journal to y'all in this book and sort of just got real about like the stuff that I was processing, the work that I was doing uh, to get to regain a sense of my own personal peace and power in 
in these hard times. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a valuable journey. I think you guys are going to just absolutely love it. Uh, we're doing a huge album release thing. We're doing a telethon starting on release day. One of <laughs> our world famous Facebook telethons. We're going to do it on Instagram as well this year. It's going to be all the stuff that you have come to expect and love from us. All the goofiness, all the Jamie Yoki, all the live song performances so chosen by you. It's just going to be great. So the celebration for the album release, the album release itself, all of that starts December 2nd. Yep. And so mark your calendars. Very exciting. And hey, I've got a takeaway for everybody. Here is one thing that everyone can do that takes like five seconds that will help us with this album release. Go to Spotify and follow Shannon. Oh, yeah. And like, if you have Apple Music, you can absolutely do it there too. There's no downside. It's fine. But the world revolves around Spotify, really, as far as streaming goes these days. So the way that you can help us is to follow Shannon on Spotify. Just go to Spotify, just do a search for Shannon Curtis, and just follow. That's all you got to do. The more people that are following Shannon on release day, the more people get Shannon's song in her release radar, the more people listen to it, the more it spreads into other playlists, that sort of thing. Yeah, because Spotify kind of works sort of, it's a streaming service and it also functions kind of like a a social network. It's got an algorithmic component. Yeah, so you can help us uh, by going there and following me on Spotify. It's like not explicitly social, like you can't like really message back and forth, but it shows other people music that you like. So if you're listening to it on release day, it's going to show it to other people too in their suggestions. And that's a huge help for us. I have an announcement. Oh, what do you got? Uh, This is the first I've actually announced this anywhere, Mm -hmm. um, but it's creeping up on almost November, and that means that we are officially in personal song season. Did someone say creeping up? Oh, no. (laughs) That's like a bat creeping up on you. It really is. I thought that was a horse. No, it's a a bat. Oh, okay, never mind. Horses I heard the clump, 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 clump. No, like like a headless horseman. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the spooky horse link. Okay, got it. Anyway, the so headlessness, we're really. creeping up on, in, on November, and that means it's personal song season, which means I will, if you would like to do this, write a song for you to give as a gift to somebody that you love. It is the best gift you'll ever give. Ever. So just be prepared that you will have peaked on gift giving yeah. after you do this. You'll like, be like, just- this is the last gift I'm giving you because <laughs> I'll never do better. So really cherish it. And we have such a busy schedule this season that I have limited availability yeah. for personal songs, but I still do have availability. If you like, we are can interested, do a couple. Yeah, if you're interested in doing this, just send me a message, Shannon at MisfitStars.com and I can send you the information about pricing, how it all works, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Uh, so yeah, personal songs. That's it. How personal songs to- will make your loved one feel like this. Oh no, no, it'll be the opposite of that. No, that was good. It's a happy, spooky laugh. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's- think of like a contented of- skeleton. I'm thinking of Santa, actually. Ho, 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 ho. Sort of. Anyway. Sort of. Skeletal Jamie, Santa. Jamie, yes. how are you feeling today? I'm feeling happy and energized. Excellent. Today. Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm just feeling good about things. Good. In my personal life and my life with you and my work life. Excellent. This is subject to change. Sure. That's how I'm feeling today. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I get it. How are you feeling? Uh, so I am still cruising on a feeling of rejuvenation that I had after our weekend. God, we had we a said, weekend. It was the first like proper weekend, like two full days off with no attention to responsibilities. It was the first one of those that we'd had in a, a, a while. Month. Yeah. yeah. And my goodness, did I need it. Like was I great. slept so much. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of like where you go to bed and you like wake up 10, 11 hours later, having not woken up at all. Like I really, my body clearly, my body, my mind, my spirit, it all needed the rest and I got it. And I woke up on Monday this week feeling just rejuvenated and I'm still cruising. I mean, like we've had like a ton of work between when this week started and now, but I'm still just cruising on that feeling of, yeah. yeah. I'm also acknowledging that I have like this tiny little dollop of anxious that's wanting to work its way into my conscience. Do you know consciousness. why? And I think it's just because of all the stuff that all the all the stuff we've got to do to prep for this album release. Mm-hmm. It so has much. to do with a lot of new things that we are trying for the first time ever with it's regard to this album deeply release. Deeply uncomfortable. Changes. I'm going to have more to say about that later in the podcast in a different uh, section. But yeah, so it's not like it's. It's not affecting me in a negative way, this little bit of anxiety. I'm just noting it mm. because it's kind of there. I'm I'm just, you know, giving a little pat on its head and being like, okay, nice to see you and like moving on with my day. Speaking of noting things, yeah, I uh, ate two dozen cookies on a Friday evening. Saturday evening. You, Saturday evening. Oh, is this related to anxiety or just noting things? Well, noting things and also <laughs> talking about the weekend. <laughs> I just wanted to get that in there before we stopped fully talking about the weekend and its aftermath. Well, that's good. That's good. And congratulations on that. (laughs) So, shall we fire up the good news machine? Yeah, what you got? Okay, so we haven't done a podcast uh, in like a proper podcast in a few months. And... um, this is obviously not a political podcast, but if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm sort of really into following politics. Same. Not just, not, really, not just politics, because, I mean, there is that aspect of it that I kind of enjoy, you know? Uh, it's just a personal interest. But I think what matters more to me is just how our country's doing, yeah. right? Like, that's, that's actually... And the ways in which our government has a real impact on the lives of people. Like Actual humans. And me, yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I just, there have been a bunch of good news items coming out of, of the people who are currently running our national government. Yeah. <laughs> over the last few months that we've not- Why don't not, you uh, talk about I'm gonna some? I'm going to just give some run, a rundown. And there's probably more here than what I'm, than what I'm listing, but I feel like these are the ones that, um, that were real standouts for me. And the first of those is that uh, back in, I believe it was the end of June, maybe beginning of July, I can't remember the date exactly, the the U.S. Congress, the Senate and the House of Representatives uh, passed for the first time in 30 years meaningful gun legislation. Wild. Like, it, it, th- this issue has been stalled and stymied and blocked by Republicans forever. And meanwhile, gun violence has gone up and up and up. As of this recording, just yesterday, um, uh, on Monday this week, 
There was another school shooting in St. Louis. We don't even notice them anymore. At a school where there were all the things that Republicans say that we need more of in order to prevent school shootings, metal detectors, a fence around the school, six armed officers, uh, like all of the things that they say are going to prevent school shootings and therefore we don't need more gun regulation, this school had in place and yet two people are dead and I think six or seven others injured, not to mention all of the trauma that every single student, teacher, faculty member, family member will have to deal with for the rest of their lives because of this incident, right? So school, the, the, the gun violence is, has gone just unabated for 30 years while Republicans have stymied gun legislation. Mm-hmm. And finally, for the first time in 30 years, the Senate and the House passed and the president signed a bill enacting some meaningful regulations on guns. They're not anywhere close to as as far as we need to go. No. Not even close. But it's a down payment. It is a down payment on on more legislation that can can be done if we, foreshadowing, win more seats in Congress in this upcoming election. We'll talk about that later this podcast too. But that was great news, the first thing with gun legislation. The second thing was this thing you might not have even heard of. It was called the CHIPS Act. The CHIPS Act. And I don't even, I can't even tell you what the acronym CHIPS stands for, but that's okay. What I know about it is that it, it was a it was a bill that was designed to uh, make it a, a substantial investment in uh, manufacturing of uh, computer parts here in the United States. Like chips. Like chips, exactly. Um, because over the years... Uh, so much, so much of that work has been shipped overseas, where there's cheaper labor, and companies have paid, you know, terrible low wages to people in other countries to manufacture this stuff that goes into our smartphones, our computers, our cars, our microwaves, our ovens. And there's our- a couple real big manufacturers. Obviously, there's Taiwan and there's China, and relying on. Taiwan and China for our computer chip supply is increasingly very, very problematic for a couple of different reasons, right? Because they're an authoritarian regime. Well, Taiwan, uh, the issue is that because China is an authoritarian regime and they're currently trying to take over Taiwan, Taiwan, that could be a completely unstable place to get chips from. And then there are security issues with having China manufacture chips because they can build backdoors in. Right. But the, the way that this is like a really good news thing for like real people here, remember... Remember back in the pandemic that we're still sort of in? Um, like the supply chain issues that happened, like people couldn't buy. We had a neighbor who wanted to buy a new refrigerator, needed to buy a new refrigerator, couldn't get one because of all the supply chain issues. Well, a lot of those supply chain issues were with regard to the computer chips that go into everything we own these days. The entire reason that car prices went through the roof yes. in 2020, 2021 wasn't because of like lack of availability of like metal or tires. It, it was, was computer chips that yeah, go in the cars. Exactly. And so when by, by passing this act to, re, to invest in manufacturing computer chips here in the United States, it is a massive step toward making sure for whatever reason, whether it's like a global authority or an authoritarian regime, like cutting off supplies or, or like, you know, another pandemic or whatever, making sure that we have those materials made here in the United States. And also it's, it's uh, investing money here in the United States. So like a huge number of of new manufacturing jobs are coming online because of uh, this investment. It was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Okay, next good news yes. that happened. This is a huge one. They, The Congress and the president signed this, this bill called the Inflation Reduction Act, mm-hmm. which is a 
very boring sounding name, yeah. but it's not boring at all. There's some amazing stuff in this. First of all, there was historic deficit reduction. So you constantly hear, uh, like if you if you pay attention to like the news, Republicans are always like, well, we got to wonder about the, worry about the deficit, the deficit, the deficit. Poor and shit. You, you get this impression that Republicans are very concerned about the deficit and that, and that Democrats are just willy-nilly spenders. The fact of the matter is that under the last several Republican presidents, going back to like Reagan, mm -hmm. the deficit has gone up astronomically under every single one of those Republican administrations. And what's it done under Democrats? It has gone drastically down. Interesting. Interesting. So this act uh, just underscores and reminds everybody of the fact that Democrats are actually the more responsible economic party. Yes. <laughs> Even though Republicans have tried to claim that mantle for a long time falsely. Anyway, historic deficit reduction. Big next thing that this act does is that it lowers energy costs and increases cleaner energy production, reducing carbon emissions by 40% by 2030. This is the biggest investment in clean energy, in, in climate change legislation that the United States has ever made. That's a big deal. It's historic. Mm -hmm. And not only is it important in terms of actually mitigating the climate change that is wreaking havoc on our planet and conti will continue to, uh, but it's actually going to help us on an individual level by reducing our energy costs. Yeah. Like it's it's both good for the planet and for people, which is awesome. Another thing that this act does is that it allows Medicare to negotiate drug prices, yeah. which is going to bring the cost of drugs for Medicare uh, recipients way down. It's also capping the out-of-pocket costs for Medicare people at $2,000 a year. So, I mean, like, people who are on Medicare, these are people who are, like, 65 and older? Is That's that what right. the age is? Like, they rely on Medicare for their health care, but, like, and, and, and much of their care is paid for, except for there's just been this massive burden of prescription drugs sure. that have it makes it impossible for people to, to keep up, especially if you're older, if you're retired, you're on a fixed income. Yeah. You know, you can't just suddenly like work more to pay for your insulin. You right. know what I mean? So this is Also, a, they capped the cost of insulin they, specifically. They did, they did. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. The cap could have been lower, but it's a start. It's a start. Another thing that's, this, we're still on the Inflation Reduction Act. This is like a massive good news machine item. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, it also lowers um, healthcare premiums on, on the Affordable Care Act premiums. Mm -hmm for millions of people. Mm -hmm. um, it also makes the biggest corporations and ultra-wealthy pay their fair share of taxes. Hey! It's it was an amazing uh, just provision to actually make the people who have gobs of money, who've been hoarding gobs of money, yeah. actually pay their fair share They're with with no new taxes on families that make more than $400,000 a year. So like mm -hmm. the middle class is untouched in this. Like they are not going to be paying anything new. Did you mean under $400,000? Oh, yes, I mean under, yeah. So the the no new taxes for people making under $400,000. Yeah. Boy, that number could have been a bit lower too, huh? Right? Well, you know, 400000 is a lot of money. It is. It is a lot of money. But like, Again, like the 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 problem mostly lies with the ultra wealthy right. not paying their fair share. Right. So again, this is all good stuff, and, it, and there's also no new taxes on small businesses. And basically, they're they're closing a bunch of loopholes and enforcing the tax code. They're giving the IRS more money to actually do their job because, like, the ultra wealthy and corporations can just hire lawyers to like you know evade their taxes and just like run that bill out. And now we're actually going to do. 
more enforcement. Accountability. So that these, and the great thing about just doing a little bit more enforcement is it puts everyone else on notice that some of these auditors could be coming for them. That's so right. it makes them much less likely to do the fraud in the first place. That's right. That's right. So that was a huge, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act was just a massive accomplishment. And um, I, like, it was such good news. I wanted to celebrate it. A couple other things that the Biden administration did all on its own. Uh, without Congress that is our, that make my good news uh, list as well is uh, the first one is student debt forgiveness. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, it's incredible. People who own who owe ten thousand dollars, uh, some people who owe twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars will have their debt forgiven, uh, ten, like up to ten or twenty thousand dollars of whatever debt they have. Depending, yeah, depending on what kind of loan they had. People yeah. who got Pell grants, I think, is, are the ones who qualify for $20,000 rep. But this is a massive, massive uh, action that will that will help with the, the racial wealth gap mm-hmm. in the United States. Um, student debt is one of the things that is a big driver of the racial, racial wealth gap in mm-hmm. the United States. Um, and it's just, so it's just going to move us a lot, a lot more forward toward equity in that realm, which is great. And the last thing on my list, and the last thing that the Biden administration did all on its own, which is good news, is it issued pardons for federal simple marijuana possession. So people who had on their record, there was not really anybody, I think, serving time no. for this. But, but the lingering effects of having that on your record oh, are devastating. They are. You can't, like, oftentimes rent an apartment or get a job or yeah. get clearance. Like, so, like it's on your record, so whenever anyone does a background check, they're like, drugs? I don't want this person. Right. Well, it's, just, it's not even just drugs. It's just you have a federal process, you have a federal charge or a yeah, federal conviction. conviction. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. Which is an issue for yeah. a lot of places and people. So this is great because... Because you know, here we are. We are in a in a country where a lot of states, our home state, Washington included, has essentially legalized marijuana, yeah. and it is, you know, it, which, which is which is what it ought to be. Like it, it ought to be something that is you know taxed by the state, and you know there there ought to be like regulations around it. But the the whole illegality of it is ridiculous, and we're living in a pl- in a state right now where like people, you know. Like we can walk up to Sixth Ave from our house here and like hit three or four <laughs> different, you know, marijuana shops yeah. and legally purchase stuff. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, there are people who are still living, who had been still living under the oppression of having a conviction for something that's largely legal for a lot of people now. So it's just making right some things that were not. And there's right. a racial disparity there too. Yes, absolutely. And in in addition to this pardon, uh, the president also uh, directed the Health and Human Services um, Department and the Attorney General to review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. So like right mm. now, that the underlying laws that made it illegal, that resulted in those people's convictions, the law is still there. It's because it's classified it's, the same as heroin. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And cocaine. It's ridiculous. It's just not accurate. And newsflash, that classification came about decades ago for racial reasons. Hmm. Racist reasons, I was going to say, it's say. more than racial. Yeah, it's racist reasons. Anyway, there was so much good stuff to celebrate. And I thought, you know, let's just run down the list and yay, yay, when government, government actually can do good things 
for the country and for the people of this country, and they did a bunch of them over the last couple of months. It's and so it neat to see all that stuff happening. We didn't have so many positive governmental achievements to celebrate under the previous administration. <laughs> and it's nice now for this time to have an administration that's committed to the idea of being serious about what they do yes. and to doing good things for the people who put them there. Yes. It sounds simple when I say it like that, but like... We had had a malevolent force mm -hmm. occupying that job function for mm -hmm. four years, really actively trying to do stuff in some cases to make things worse as a means of dividing people and exerting power. Of course. And what a neat uniting force it can be for government to be working well and for people just to get problem solved. Right. That's so good. What is the phrase? Government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Indeed. That's exactly what yeah. this, this list of stuff that we've just been through illustrates is happening currently with our current major democratic majority in the congress and and the 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 president who's in the good White House. leadership from the democrats it's amazing wow that's good yeah that's Very my good. Uh, leadership sound i like that thank you yeah. um so do you have any good news for us uh nope no, shall we then uh, let's get less dumb? I mean, I don't want to be like, oh, everything's bad. I just no, no, no. didn't have anything written that's down fine. for this segment. Okay, that's fine, but yeah. let's get less dumb. Class, anyone, anyone? So everyone who has been listening to this podcast for the last year or so knows that I am lightly obsessed with antitrust enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> nerd. Antitrust enf I know. Hashtag nerd. It's so true. No, it's very fascinating, actually. And it deal antitrust deals more broadly with the idea of monopoly and how monopoly can affect... Uh, well, kind of everything. Yeah. And so there's this guy who I have cited many times prior on the podcast. His name is Matt Stoller. He's just like an antitrust and monopoly expert. Mm -hmm. And he has this amazing newsletter about it. Yeah. Uh, and his newsletter celebrated uh, a yearly anniversary. And he just wrote a little something apropos of that. And I just wanted to read it here because it was just so interesting. Okay. Really summing up how... Antitrust really like affects our daily lives in ways that we don't necessarily realize. Okay. And it's fascinating to All me. All right. All right. So he says, as plate tectonics does to geology, monopoly power explains the underlying features of our politics in such a fundamental way that it is inconceivable to understand how things work without it. Earthquakes and continents do not make sense without a basic explanation of movements in Earth's crust, just as culture wars and social questions do not make sense without understanding that they flow through corporations and business law. Once you see the basic architecture of politics, you can't unsee it. Once you understand the market power of Disney, Google, or CVS, and how their strategies and choices are based on a set of ideas interpreted by legislators and judges, arguments about culture or healthcare or technology seem foolish without a grounding in market power. Uh, and he says, uh, he, he goes on to say, and believe it or not, this process is something that happens to everyone. It happened to antitrust lawyers who saw the collapse of their body of law over the last three decades. It happened to people in the cheer world when they realized that Varsity Brands is organized to acquire power over them. And it happens to policymakers as they come to understand their role in protecting our markets and our liberties. It's why a lot of the antitrust bar lawyers are still upset. They haven't gone through the experience of seeing what we see, of recognizing that the dysfunction of our politics and society is a result of consolidated market power. Mm. Uh, there are, uh, and, and he says, uh, he says, uh, what does he say? Well, you know, honestly, that's basically 
that's basically it. That kind of that kind of gets at it. But it was just so fascinating to me, just this this idea that the dysfunction of our politics and society is a direct result of consolidated market power. You know, right? And that's kind of the bigger project of antitrust. Right. So, like, what you're saying is that, like, when monopolies exist, there's no, they don't have any natural competitors in the market. Yeah. Therefore, they jack up prices. They reap in a ton of corporate profits, which they roll back into giving massive donations to politicians who yeah. they think are going to increasingly loosen the regulations around them to yeah. do more of that. And all of these things just make actual people's lives worse. Right. I mean, for a classic example, right. think about how like when you and I were kids in the 80s, like there were just all kinds of little shops and stores that served different functions, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then Walmart came to the edge of towns, you know, yeah. especially rural towns like the one that I grew up in and mm -hmm. that exists all over our country. And there's, and Walmart plunked down one big huge store and wiped out 10, 15, 20 local mom and pop businesses ending, have been going on for 80 years. Ending those local businesses. Yeah. The, and like, instead of having a thriving local business, all of a sudden you're out of work. Well, where do you go to work? You can go to work at Walmart for seven twenty-five an hour and no health care. Right. You know? Right. Just an absolutely horrible state of affairs. Right. You know? And then you bring in that sort of desperation and the lack of resources and options. Well, what comes next? An opioid epidemic because people mm. are miserable and need relief from their discomfort. You oh, know? and by the way, the pharmaceutical companies are also monopolies. Yeah. And so they can line the pockets of politicians to loosen regulations that enable them to market opioids uh, in non-moral uh, ways. Oh, <laughs> to, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's just and a I mean, whole system. And like in the... In the pharmacy benefit manager system, right. they're, they're the middlemen oh. between pharmacies and doctors. Like they, they are also rolled up into right. monopolies, and so they have like full chain, mm -hmm. like systems in place right. with built-in kickbacks and incentives, right. which is why doctors over-prescribe opioids in the first place because they're getting kickbacks from right. the PBMs to do it and the PBMs totally. are getting kickbacks from the pharmaceutical companies to do it. It's just, everything goes back to monopoly. Totally. It's really, it's very interesting. And honestly, I feel like this, this I'm going to kick this back up to the good news machine and mm. stuff that the, the li a list of the list of things that have gone on in terms of our government doing good things for people over the last few months since we've been gone yeah. on this podcast is that the Biden administration has uh, has named a, a, a head of the Federal Trade Commission, which is the commission tasked with policing monopolies, and they're kicking butt. Yep, totally. <laughs> so, like, this is another example of, like, you know, when you put good people in leadership with with the interests of all of us in mind, it actually matters. Yeah, and there's a Lena Khan and there's Jonathan Cantor and the two of them are, yeah. they're actually taking on corporations and they're actually taking on mergers and they're actually filing suits to stop mergers. Right. It's just, it's, it's like it should be. It's like it should be. It's, it's wonderful. It's been neglected for a long time. Okay, so I have a let's get less dumb item that is just purely fun and also... Uh, I hope that it's okay that I'm outing the fact that on the day that this podcast airs, it's mm -hmm. going to be your birthday. Uh-huh. Do you want to do you want to share with everybody? You want to share with the class what birthday this is, Jamie? It's gonna be my 50th birthday. <laughs> I know. I know, right? So in in sort of honor of your 50th birthday and thinking about the concept of aging and putting all that in perspective. Mm -hmm. This is a fun, let's get less dumb item. Uh, I read this on Twitter and here it is. 
children born in 1989, mm -hmm. which was the year that Seinfeld premiered, mm -hmm. are now the same age as George Costanza was on that show. Whoa. <laughs> That's very strange. That's a very Gen X statistic. It really is. Yeah. Well, we're Gen X, so here we are. We're showing yeah. up as ourselves. But like, you know, that, I just thought, whoa, that is just, it's one of those moments, it's one of those things that like, like you turning 50, it's like, wait, what? I'm what? That, I'm that old? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really crazy. Do you, did you know that the amount of time between right now <sighs> and when I was born is yes. the same amount of time as when I was born and the founding of the United States? No, that's not true. Okay, that's not that's true. That's not true at all. It feels like it, though. You need to go back to math class. <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> well, I have an item for our suggestion box. I speak to your manager now, please. Oh, do you? I do. Um, it's just, I'd like to file a complaint. Uh, I would like to file a complaint to uh, the leader of the damn flies in our kitchen. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The fly leader. Okay. We came it's home. Gonna, this is going to be like trying to serve Trump a subpoena. I, like, I, who, do you, who do you talk to? I don't know. I so said, we came home from California to a completely sealed up house. Mm -hmm. Windows closed, doors closed, yep. nobody coming in and out. Like Hadn't been here for two weeks, no flies when we left. And spontaneously, our kitchen was populated with a whole bunch of flies. Yeah. I there have, were as many as maybe 12 flies. Like, okay, and I, I thought, okay, all right, fine, they're here. Flies only last, they only live like a day or so, right? Yeah. Like, I figured we will just wait it out. We'll be patient. But they didn't go anywhere. Like, the first several days, they were just like... They kept hanging around. Like I, I, I expected the numbers to decrease to like the fly presence to like become less, and it just wasn't. Yeah. And I, I mean, searched high and low. There was nothing in our kitchen that was caused. Like I have no idea None. where they came from, and and they weren't decreasing. And so you want to know what happened? Is I became a murderer. Oh my gosh! I became. I went on a murderous rampage. <laughs> That's very very suitable. Yeah, suitable for this moment. I, I just started killing flies indiscriminately. And I I I made I thought as of yesterday that I had maybe won the battle. Yeah. I and, thought so too. Uh nope. Just about an hour ago, there was another fly in the kitchen. Oh my God. And my <laughs> my murderous instinct is kicking in, and I'm armed with a kitchen towel, and I I just, I won't be satisfied until they're gone. So my I would like to put in a suggestion that the flies just take their business elsewhere because I'm over it. Man, well, if we can locate the fly leader, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to submit your request on a priority basis. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, uh, this feels important. Please hold for a very important message. So I've got a couple of items for this today. Um, the first one is that it's been all over social media and whatnot for the last several days, a couple weeks, really. Um, that guy named Kanye West. That fucking guy. He has uh, been taking to his platform in various places to um, be anti-Semitic. Like, just, it, it's just disgusting. Um, yeah. And, you know, I... It's important. It's important to talk about this because uh, the, the 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 Holocaust was not all that long ago. Yeah, guys, 
It was just a handful of decades ago. Um, and there are simple lessons we can learn from it. Right. The Holocaust, took, the Holocaust w- resulted in the murder of six million Jew- Jews. Yeah. Um, and it didn't start with gas chambers. No. It started with dehumanizing language, like the language that Kanye West is using his platform to disseminate. Yeah. And it would be easy enough to say, oh, he's just an idiot, just ignore him. And that's largely what I spent my life doing is ignoring Kanye West because, like, whatever, dude. So disappointing because College Dropout was a great album. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, like, that's the old Kanye, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever he's become is disgusting. Like, he, um, he has taken this slide into quote-unquote conservatism, which is really just a bunch of bigotry, racism. Gaslighting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's abuse. It's, it's bad. Um, but, you know, I do spend most of my time ignoring Kanye West. But the fact of the matter is that he has such a huge platform. Yeah. He has influence yeah. on a lot of people and, and on how a lot of people think. Yeah. And, he, and because he is such a popular figure, um, what he says also, if, if he's saying anti-Semitic things publicly, he's giving cover to other anti-Semites, bigots, hateful people who uh, like they use his, his message about this as an excuse to, to become more vocally anti-Semitic and or violent. Yeah. Uh, like uh, this is an, there was an example of this just this past weekend. Uh, a hate group um, after Kanye's you know anti semitism online, the hate group traveled to Los Angeles yeah. and stood above uh, the four hundred five freeway, hanging these huge banners saying Kanye was right and like a bunch of anti semitic yeah. bullshit. Yeah, and I've seen people you know, sharing reports about like Jewish Jewish people who have said, you know, I, I received this harassment, you know, somebody left a note on my door in my apartment, you Ugh. know, that was like, you know, uh, that was harassing. And like, it, it is not okay. Like the, 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 the Holocaust didn't start with gas chambers. It started with dehumanizing language. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we speak out about this. It's yeah. important that we're not quiet, right? It's important that we just that we not just ignore Kanye West, right? Yeah. Like we, we actually have to. We're, we're not any one of us uh, uh, as big of a voice as Kanye West, but all of us together that speak out about this can be louder than his. Yeah, right. And I just wanted to share um, a post of one of my heroes, Brene Brown, on Instagram. <laughs> she she just she just really said this in a, lo- a really lovely way on her Instagram. She's, she held up a little post-it note that says, I stand with my Jewish friends. I stand with the Jewish community. I stand in these places with and from love. Mm. And I just really love that. And the caption, though, is really what captured me um, in, in this post. She says, anti-Semitism is the epitome of lovelessness and dehumanization. You can't love yourself or anyone else when you stand in lovelessness. Mm. Anti-Semitism in all forms is violence. It corrodes what connects us as humans. And so just with that, you know, it felt important to say, I also stand with my Jewish friends and I stand with the Jewish community and I stand in these places with and from love. And I would encourage you who are listening to make public statements similar to that because like I said, us together our voices combined can be louder than 
those of people like Kanye West. I'm and looking others. for like a really uh, respectful uh, Halloween sound <laughs> to go with this. Let's try this one. <laughs> Is that respectful? I don't know. He might be laughing respectfully. Let's, I don't know. Let's try this one. I'm not sure. Oh, that's respectful. You know, we can stand up against bigotry and have fun with Halloween at the same time. Right? <laughs> like we can do both those things. That's right. We can hold complicated <laughs> truths, multiple <laughs> truths at the same time. On the one hand, anti-Semitism is bad. On the other hand, Halloween is good. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay, I have one more item for our This Is Important segment. And that is, question for you listeners, what is your plan to vote what yeah, your, that's a good question. I would like for you to answer that question right now. When I say, what is your plan? I don't need to know who you're voting for. Although, if you're not voting for Democrats up and down the ticket, I don't know what you're thinking because... You could email us and we could help. life or death right yeah. now in terms of our democracy. But my when I say, what is your plan to vote? I'm like, when are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Are you registered? Do you need to check your registration? Are you going to vote by, by mail with absentee ballot? Yeah. Have you requested that ballot? Do you need to request it in your state? Here in Washington, we don't have to. It just comes by yeah. mail no matter what. But some states have deadlines. Do you know what the deadline is? Exactly. Uh, if Is there early vote? Do you want to go vote in person? Is there early vote available in your state? Could yeah. you go? Do it early. The earlier, the better. Yeah. The tomorrow is not guaranteed. Do your no, voting true. early. Because you know that people are throwing up roadblocks to voting all over the place, and it's just best to get out ahead of it. Yes. And, you know, I, I feel like for me personally, like I'm really interested in voting, right? Like I love voting. I, it is, I, I love to do it. And still... My ballot has been sitting on our kitchen counter for the last three days. Like, I didn't return it the day after I got it. True. The the sort of thing that keeps me from tearing right into that envelope and getting it done ASAP is honestly that sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I want to educate myself on some of the issues and the candidates before I vote. Yeah. And that's going to take a little time. And so I'm just going to put it off. So I understand why people might be putting it off. I understand why you, listener, might be putting it off. Yeah. And so I'm going to give you a resource right now mm -hmm. that will help you do that research because it might seem intimidating. I know it does for me sometimes to think like, well, how will I know how will I know how to do this? I'm going to give you a website. We've cited it here on the web on the podcast before. It is votesaveamerica.com. Mm -hmm. Okay? votesaveamerica.com. And I'll and put he, that in the show notes too. Excellent. Here are the things that this website can help you with. First of all, if you're not sure if you're registered or if you want to figure out what early, what early vote options there are or absentee options there are for you, this website will help you uh, you put in your own information about your specific location and it will help guide you through the process of making sure you're registered, getting registered, requesting an absentee, getting your early vote, all that stuff lined up, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing that this website will help you do when you walk through the process of it is it will help educate you on mm -hmm. your local uh, referendums, the candidates, things like that. It will help you sort of build your ballot, okay? Again, because that can be a really, that can be a stumbling block. Like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know all of the issues with the candidates. But this is a resource for you to just go get it done. So make an appointment with yourself, okay? Mm -hmm. Make an appointment with yourself. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead the way right now. I am going to make an appointment with myself for, no, not tomorrow because it's your birthday. Okay. I'm going to make an appointment with myself for Thursday morning Thursday. at breakfast. Uh -huh. When I'm sitting down to have my breakfast, I'm going to spend that time going to votesaveamerica.com, mm -hmm. building my ballot, filling it out, and returning it later that day. That is my commitment to myself and to you listeners. That's my plan for voting. So what's yours? I want you to think about it right now, and I want you to make an appointment with yourself 
for when you are going to do what you need to do to make sure your vote gets in before November 4. What is the date? The election is it's the, the 8th, 8th, right? 8th, yeah. 8th, right, November 8th. Okay? Okay. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Well, that's great. Thank you. How about we cruise into the uh, Inspiration Station? Inspiration Station. Love it. Do you have something? I do. You know, and this is, uh, this came across my radar this past week. And it's not uh, the first time I have seen this, but it just, it always gets me in the feels. And uh, it gets me in the feels in a particular personal way right now, which I'll explain in a minute. But it is a, a quote from David Bowie. Uh-huh. Um, I know the one. In an interview for a 1997 documentary called Inspirations. Um, and the whole, there's, there's, the whole quote is wonderful, but this one section of it in particular is what really just like ping in my heart. <laughs> he says this, if you feel safe in the area that you're working in, you're not working in the right area. Always go a little further into the water than you feel you're capable of being in. Go a little bit out of your depth. And when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom, you're just about in the right place to do something exciting. And first of all, I want to acknowledge that he's directing this quote at artists yeah. in this documentary. That, and, I, and I hear this as an artist. Yeah. And that's probably where I'm feeling it the most at the moment. I'll talk about that in a second. But I think that this applies maybe to life in general, oh, right? Sure. Like this applies to just how we live. When we live in such a way that we're just wading safely in ankle deep water, mm. you know, that's not where the excitement happens. That's not where the growth happens. That's mm -hmm. not where the, the really like meaningful stuff gets a chance to take root and happen. No, you know what you shallow know? water does? It stagnates. Uh, right, right. So... I just, I feel like I'm, I'm feeling this in a really poignant way because this year it's been a rolling sort of um, realization slash transition into this idea that I, I feel like I've, I've, my curiosity is bringing me into a new phase of my career mm -hmm. in music slash art mm -hmm. making. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the forced pause of the pandemic these last couple of years, I think has really been an incubator for mm -hmm. some of this, the, the curiosities that have been, that have been um, simmering. Um, and we, several months ago, started taking like actual steps toward exploring. I say we, you, me and you, mm -hmm. Jamie, mm -hmm. uh, toward exploring what realizing these curiosities might look like. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and I want to say that I have I feel in equal parts in equal parts uh, so excited mm -hmm. about it, and also completely terrified. Mm -hmm. Like, and one of those things is that that we are we are inventing sort of a, a new way that we would like to tour in the future. We've done mm -hmm. a bunch of house concerts over the last ten years, which have been amazing. But the vision that we have for the kinds of shows that we want to bring people in the future is bigger than what we could stage in somebody's backyard, yeah. right? And so it's requiring us to step out a little bit. The, one of the first little baby steps that we did toward this was the festival performance that we did at, at the end of August in um, Astoria, Oregon. Mm -hmm. um, we weren't on the podcast then, so we weren't talking about it. But for those of you who are just catching up, 
we were invited to play at this festival, uh, the same station that's been playing our music mm -hmm. in, in hot power rotation for the last long bit of time. Yeah. Um, and, and so rather than me showing up with a piano and playing songs like I have done for the last 15 years mm -hmm. or so of my career, I what we did instead was invent an entirely new kind of performance where Jamie was on stage with me running the music, computer, keyboard, doing back vo background vocals. Mm -hmm. And I was roaming around the front of the stage with a wireless microphone, singing my little heart out. Yeah. And doing a much bigger sounding, more dynamic visually too uh, performance at this, at this festival. And that was a terrifying thought. That it was to step out from behind my keyboard and like do that was... <laughs> it was really risky. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to say that when we were doing our rehearsals leading up to this festival, I can't remember having more fun preparing for a live show like in a really long time. It was so much fun. It was really fun. Oh my God. Like it just invigorated me in a way that I hadn't felt about live performance in a long, long time. And also the response to it was amazing. Like yeah. the people who were there who had who who knew us maybe from the radio play, but they weren't people who like you know they weren't the folks that we used to see every summer on house concert. They weren't like friends. No. There, there were some friends there, but like folks who didn't know us at all and had no reason to like you know be into us were responding so positively to our show. It felt so good. No, it was great. And so we've seen some you know initial sort of like reinforcement about this new path from, you know, outside people's, you know, uh, response to it, but also like our internal like measure of like, this is really fun and this feels good, mm -hmm. you know? And that's good, but we have more steps to go and and there's more, like we're in the midst of going a little bit out of our depth. <laughs> <laughs> we're like right in the middle yeah. of what David Bowie describes here. And I'm just like, I'm just reporting back from, from walking walking into an area where my feet are almost not touching the bottom <laughs> anymore and saying that I feel this and I'm here. And that's that's the reason for my like little doll of anxiety. Sure. That I'm, oh, like, I feel it constantly. Noting. I've been there for months. Yeah, of course. Same reason. Um, but also, um, I feel so excited about it and I feel so grateful to have the support of a community of people who have supported us it while making this transition. Yeah. You know, um this mis the Misfit Stars community um who uh who just makes possible everything that we do. Um I I, I just am so grateful yeah. for, for all that. So anyway, there's your inspiration station from Love me it. for today. Well maybe we should finish up with a gratitude crank up. Yeah. Actually no wait a minute. What? No, that's to totally not right. I have an inspiration station. Oh, you do? I just have a little quote. Oh, okay, well, what is it? It's uh, this wonderful little quote from Pablo Picasso that I just like read the other day. Oh, tell me. It's just so nice. It's so short, but it's so profound. He yeah. said, art is the elimination of the unnecessary. Like carving, like carving something. Yeah. Right? Like sure. A, like a, a wooden sculpture is starts out as a log. Also like refining. Like mm -hmm. editing, mm -hmm. like all of those processes. It could be editing a book. It could be like refining the production on a song. Right, right. You know, it's just get cool. rid of every possible thing that doesn't need to be there. Right. And what's left is art. I love that. I love that too. That's wonderful. Okay, so now should we do a gratitude crank up? Yeah.
All right, what you got? Okay, so mine's just very simple. Uh, I am grateful for the rain. Oh. It is raining currently, Mm -hmm. as I'm looking out the window. Uh, And the rain really kicked in over the last couple of days, and we have really needed it. Like, it's late October, and our rainy season only just started here in Western Washington. And that's very, very late. Um, I wasn't mad at the, like, lingering warmer temperatures. That was fun. It was nice. But also, what came along with that was was smoke season that wouldn't go away, and that was also pretty tough. So I feel really grateful for the rain. It has cleansed the air. It is nourishing the earth. Um, I feel the change of seasons that it's bringing... And that's really lovely, mm-hmm. kind of like getting into cozy mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's mine. How about you? I am feeling very grateful today for our community of misfit stars. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and specifically apropos of starting the podcast back up. You know, I kind of, I always had this little suspicion that if we stopped the podcast, no one would notice. No. And you know what? We heard from people. Yeah. Especially like over the last month, like, hey, you guys said you're doing summer break. When are you coming back? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I know it was a bit long of a break, just bad time with our travel. And I'm sorry about that, guys. But, you know, knowing that there are people out there who want to hear our little podcast is very, it's heartwarming and meaningful. Yeah, it really it's is. It's nice. It is. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, if you all are listening and you ever have thoughts questions, reactions. Like, in the moment, you're like, oh, this makes me think of this. We totally want to hear all that. Like, True. You can email us, and it would it would help Jamie to know <laughs> there are people <laughs> who actually listen and enjoy their time with us yeah. in this podcast. So send us a message. Jamie at MisfitStars.com. J-A-M-I-E. Shannon at MisfitStars.com. Uh, either one or both of those you can email us and we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So seriously, like your random thoughts that you have while giggling with us about something or your, you know, thoughtful remarks on a topic that we've that we've tackled. We really do want to hear these things. So please message us and let us know what you're thinking. And if anything tickles us, we might just read it on the air. Ooh. ooh. Whoa. We'll, get, we'll get your permission first. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for today. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. Great to see you. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been just talking about our Misfit Stars community. Mm. And the Misfit Stars community are the people who support not just this podcast, but they support all of the work that Jamie and I do uh, in an ongoing sort of way. They make small dollar monthly contributions to fund this work. You just sign up. You just sign up. At Someone Mis- signed up this morning. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Brenda. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, new Misfit Star Brenda. Yeah, Amazing. Totally. She, I sent her out her Misfit Stars sticker pack oh, this afternoon. You want stickers? Sign up. Misfitstars.com slash support. Yeah. That's how, that's how you do it. Yeah. Misfitstars.com slash support. You choose your own adventure. Choose the amount you want to give each month. And uh, your little bit goes with everybody else's little bit. And it really helps this yep. train keep going on the totally. track. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. That's all for today. That's it. Right? Nice to be back. It is nice to be back. Y'all, we'll be back next week. How about that? Um, Until then, please take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love y'all. Bye.